Megan, I'm your podcast host at Doing Girly Things. Sorry about that noise. I work as a project manager on a construction site. Here at the podcast Doing Girly Things, we are changing the mindset around STEM careers and making them girly things to do. No one should ever have to feel like their career doesn't make them feminine. I have a passion for making construction seem like a girly thing that everyone should try and do, and I can't wait to show you eight other women who are a wealth of knowledge in various industries, from app design, technical marketing, to even working in a steel manufacturing plant. The first season is a series of conversations from graduates of Purdue University. This podcast aims to show you that we aren't sitting just crunching numbers and why more women should join some of the highest paying jobs that are available. All the women that I interview will be doing inspiring, fulfilling, and most of all, girly things. This podcast aims to cultivate a community of women to talk about the embarrassing stories of that one time you called your boss the wrong name in an email to where can you find cute steel toe boots. A combination of humor, gossip, and intellectual conversation with women and men advocates. Join us every other week at Doing Girly Things. Hello there, this is your host, Megan, and today on this podcast episode, it'll just be me. And I would like to touch on just the topic of grief and why I'm so passionate about making grief not just a girly thing to do and how grief can actually be beneficial because in all honesty, tragedy is a great motivator. Tragedy can make it so that way you give up or it can be the passion that fuels your fire. And I very often feel that the tragedy of losing my mom and going through a car accident with my dad and having to see those results that I have come out and it's what fuels me. It's honestly what fuels me every single day is to sit there and think about my mom and I think about everything that she can't do. I think about how a couple days before the car accident, my mom actually made a bucket list. And that bucket list, it wasn't very long because she was honestly just starting it. But I think about how I am the way that I am because she put so much time and energy into making sure that I was every ounce of her and better. And for those of you listening to the podcast that know my mom, you know that my mom was a very well-loved um, person, not only at her workplace, but at um, her church. And um, I would love, I'm just going to talk about lessons that my mom taught me. And so I have this deck of cards that I've talked a lot about. And so these cards are called Best Self is the company that sells them. And what they are is their conversation cards. And I drew a card because I use it to journal with and it said, what's the best piece of advice that your mother's ever given you? And I actually had to sit there and think and I thought, am I forgetting my mom? Am I forgetting the lessons that she taught me? Am I? And so that was another reason why I wanted to record this because I want to look back years from now and remember the lessons that my mom taught me. And so to start it off with some of you that might not know everything, uh, my parents were involved in a car accident. My dad was taking my mom out on a date. They were 10, 15 minutes away from home. It was 4.30 on a Friday. Somebody crossed the center line. Um, he was under the influence of multiple substances, so he was not sober. 
and he crossed the center line 55 miles per hour. He is no longer alive as well. My mother passed away, um, not instantly. They did take her to the hospital, but my dad says she wasn't coherent after. Um, and then I ended up having to move back in with my dad for um, about six months because he could not walk because he had basically shattered his heel and had to have reconstructive surgery. And so the first week after the car accident, it was a level of adrenaline that I can't explain to you. And I just remember I found this phrase and it said, you've survived 100% of your worst days and today is no different. And I would wake up every single day and repeat that. And I still repeat that. And those fir- that first week was just absolute um, emotional overload. I used to say it was sensory overload. And so if you know somebody who has recently lost someone and you're reaching out and you're like, oh, they're not, they're not reaching back out to me. Understand that every emotion they have is functioning at a level that it is not used to. They're, um, they're trying to be strong for others. They're trying to be a voice of reason. They have, I had people calling me, um, right after the car accident and saying, I can't believe what just happened. Oh, you, you, you can't believe what just happened? I, I'm sorry, but why did you come to me for comfort? I am not here. So also remember that whenever you find out that you have a friend that has recently lost a parent, that they are not there to comfort you. So then a month later was honestly the hardest part after the car accident. And I say that and I tell everyone this piece of advice is that if you know of somebody that's going through a very difficult situation like this, don't reach out that first week. Reach out that first week, but don't, don't, don't get offended. When they really need you a month from now, six months from now, a year from now, because you want to know something, it feels like everyone else has forgotten. It feels like you are the only person that feels this immense amount of grief and like you just feel so alone in that one month mark it to me it was one of the biggest moments because it was like this is this is what forever is going to feel like because you only know what forever feels like after you've gone through a moment where someone's gone forever and and I'm gonna repeat that because I know I was a little cry right there, but you only know the definition of forever once you've lost someone forever. I meet someone who's new to the grief club. I always remind them that they're, they're special now. You, you have this special talent because you're able to say the word forever and you know what it means. There, not everyone knows what that means. And so, It's so much more important to be there a month, six months later for somebody than it is to be the first one at their door. But with that being said, if you do want to be the first one at their door, I will forever do a special shout out to my friend Olivia, the Lowe's. They have taken me into their family. They are just so supportive and I love every single one of their siblings. But Olivia, uh, my friend, right after the car accident, she showed up to my house with a cooler of food and it had wine, it had healthy food, it had um, like spaghetti squash, 
it had sweet potatoes, it had fruits, it had everything, and it was literally just sitting at my uh, front door. And then she came over and I needed to leave and she literally did all of the laundry in my house because I had all these people staying over. I needed to wash the sheets. So if you are, you want to feel like you need to help right then and there, take those examples because show up with toilet paper. I'm going to be honest with you. Toilet paper is something you run out of in these moments where everyone's coming to your house and it's this moment of grieving. And so if you want to be on the reaction side, just do the things. Don't ask because that person is so, I remember feeling like there was, like I was a deflated balloon that when I looked in the mirror those couple days after the car accident, I thought I looked like I was 30. I thought I looked like I'd aged 10 years, that there was just, I couldn't give you a yes or no answer to that question because I couldn't even decide if I was going to be okay for that day. And so if reach out, but also do the things, do the things that you know are hard to do whenever you don't feel well that day and imagine that experience times a thousand. The six month mark after the car accident, moved back out of my dad's house. And so that, that was a hard time because you start to kind of get a sense of normal in a quotation marks is everyone thinks that you're normal and you're not. And you are just now getting hit with these grief waves because you're experiencing everything for the first time. The first year after the car accident is, uh, very emotional. Uh, after a loved one has passed away, the first year is, it's just a moment where you just reflect on, I've experienced every single day once without this person and I have to do it again. And it's really just a time for you to think is how am I going to celebrate this person? Because if I continue to let this grief wear me down like this, I'm not going to survive. And that was another moment that year mark was, is this tragedy going to be my motivator or is it going to be what makes it so I give up? Healing is a process and I don't want you to hear this story and say, okay, well, after a year, I was still unable to get out of bed. That's okay. If that is your process, then that's your process. But moving on to the best piece of, pieces of advice that my mother gave me. Um, we're now sitting at four years after the car accident. And four years is a long time to be in high school. Four years was a long time to be in grad school or in college. Four years is a long time to go without hearing somebody say, I love you. I'm here for you. It's harder the the closer that I get to my mother's age, the harder I think that it'll become because at one point, if all works out well, I might outlive my mother. That's a very, very sad thought. And I've experienced this thought whenever one of my best friends, she died in a car accident whenever she was 21. And this five-year mark for me was tragic. It was absolutely debilitating, to be honest with you. And I found it to be very debilitating this year because you start to realize how young that person was and how valuable life is and how it's hard to see people take their lives for granted and 
abuse drugs and abuse alcohol, not and just sit there, abuse the TV, not abuse their mind. They're not doing anything. And you start to think about all these beautiful souls that we've lost and how young they were. And you just get really bent up about life not being fair. And if there is anything that grief has taught me, it's that life's not fair and it was never meant to be that way. And let me repeat that again. Life is not fair. It was not meant to be that way. So if you sit there and you think your whole life, this situation, my mom was in a car accident. She was killed by somebody because somebody could not wait to do drugs until they got home. That's not fair. That's 120% not fair. But you know what? I It was more than fair that I was given a mother who gave me all of these beautiful life lessons. And it was more than fair that my mother entered this life and gave every ounce of her love to not only me, but her community. And one of the biggest pieces of advice that she gave all of us was passion. And she gave us this passion of multitasking and being this wonder woman. And you'd be hard to find anyone that would say that my mom wasn't out there doing the most. To be honest with you, I think about that phrase and my mom was always hustling. She was always trying to find ways to make money. She was doing ways to improve things and she like had set up this daycare at my elementary school so that way then she could use that money to help pay for my education and working all these crazy hours and she just she that's what she was always doing she never let a day go by wasted she was cooking she was gardening she was always doing something and she was just so passionate and there was just never a wasted day and I for I will forever hear this phrase in my head and she used to always say to me is a day wasted with the wrong man is one that you can't spend with the right one through all of my breakups and anytime I meet somebody I I hear that and I hear that phrase echo is every time you waste a day with somebody that you're not meant to be with that's a day that you won't get back for someone that you should have been with because she loved my dad and she would always say that the reason why I married your father was because he was going to be such a great dad sometimes I wonder if she even I jokingly say this but she even liked my dad because she repeated that phrase so much she said she knew the moment that she wanted to marry my father was whenever she saw what a good father he was going to be so she watched him play with her little sisters my mom and her sisters about 15 years apart I am so happy that the father that I have is who I have because I've been on so many of these motherless daughter pages and I've seen so many women who are struggling because their fathers just aren't there for them anymore and I am so lucky and I will always use that advice. It is not only a day wasted with the wrong person, to think about that whenever you're getting married is if he's not going to make a great father, then what the hell are you doing? 
the last piece of advice that I always think is just funny to think about when I think about my mother is by generic. If you know my mom, you know that there is not a single name brand piece of food, utensil, clothing, nothing. It was always generic. And some of that came from just growing up so within our means. We grew up very within our means. We didn't have anything extra. We didn't have anything less. And so buying generic was how she did it. And so I think of her in this moment where I have more than enough money right now. And I don't have an issue of finances. And so, but I always hear her voice when I go to the store because I can, yeah, I can buy the actual Kraft mac and cheese now, guys. I can afford it. I hear her voice because why? Why would you buy something like that? Who are you trying to impress? Because those type of people aren't the people that you want in your life. I loved my mother and I have so much compassion for the school that my mom was at and how they are always remembering her on the special Pi Day celebrations. And I love everyone that reaches out to me on that day because um, it's a very hard day for me today um, to get up. And this is how I wanted to honor her this year was I wanted to record this podcast. And so some of the resources that I have found, um, I've actually found this um, woman, her name is Ace, and so she, on the third Sunday of every month, she hosts a motherless daughter group, and if you're new to motherless daughters, it's a term and a group that is used to categorize women who have lost their mothers, because there is a lot of psychological differences between women that have mothers and women that don't. And so, and there is this special um, connection that you have with someone if they've lost their mother. And so I'll link that in the page below. I'm actually going to go to my first one this Sunday, Sunday, um, or in a week from now. And she will um, actually be interviewing the author from the book Motherless Daughters. And if the book Motherless Daughters is something that you would like to read, um, let me know. I have a copy. I would love to share it and have it be something where I put my notes in it. I share it with you. Um, so if that's something that you would like to um, reach out to me, feel free to reach out in my DMs. Another book to help you, the book Option B. It was a beautiful, beautiful book that I was given and it's by Cheryl Sandberg. She writes about what it was like to um, have her husband die while they were on vacation and what it's like to have kids and how option B is what you have to live because just because option A was not there does not mean that your life is terrible, that you're just not going to be able to make it anymore. And so it was one of the best books that um, I was given, that was given to me and that um, I would highly recommend. I, if any of this resonated with you, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, Why I would love to do this podcast is because I'm trying to reach out to people that are struggling with grief. Um, I want my story to be something where people can see that I've taken such great adversary and turned it into such momentum because I really do think that that's every single time that a door is closed or I just feel like I can't move on. It's it's the propellant that I need and I just look at everything with this car accident, with this um, depression, this grief as just absolute just jet fuel to 
move me in the right direction. And so if you liked this podcast, um, or if you like hearing my voice and you just want to listen to more, always please subscribe to here. Um, it's in Apple podcast or on Spotify. You can do that. If you want to leave any comments on the podcast, I would always love and appreciate that. That helps to get more people to hear the good words that we have to say in all of my interviews. And lastly, if there's anything that you um, would like to contribute to this podcast, if there's something that I said that you didn't like, that resonated with you, that you want to talk about separately, maybe in a clubhouse or um, on your podcast or anywhere, um, reach out. I'm here. I'm just looking to connect with some beautiful souls. So thank you for listening. And I hope you gained an understanding for, um, I hope you gained an understanding for why I loved my mother, why I think that grief is such a powerful emotion that we can use and channel to our benefit. And most of all, hope to see you again. Thanks. Bye.